Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in this house today. Thank you, Lord. The Lord still what we need. I tell you, the world still needs Jesus. People still need an encounter with the living God. His people still need His fellowship. We still need His presence. In His presence is fullness of joy. Hallelujah. I'm so thankful to be in the presence of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords right now. What a precious, precious, precious loving God He is. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in this house today. Today, this week, we went and several times the comment was made while we were out. Saw some incredible things. Saw some things I'd never seen before. And, and we were just talking. I said, you know, there's people in this world that will never ever, ever see this, never even experience this. And, but now I think, too, that it's sad that there's some people in this world that will never experience what you're experiencing right now. And it's not because it's not made available. And you know what? It's out there where we were. People can go. But for one reason or another, they don't. But those that do are blessed by it. And for some reason or another, the Lord's made all this available and people just don't. The Lord said, you know, there were a lot of things that belonged to your peace, but you would not. And they missed out. I don't want to miss out on what God's doing because I would not. Because I would not listen. Or I would not obey. Or I would not do what he said. I'm glad to be in his presence this morning. God's good to us. Excited. Excited for the word of God this morning. I'm thankful while we were gone and, and, and taking time. I had men preparing for this Sunday and today we're going to get this morning we're going to hear from Brother Philip White. And so I'm excited to hear what Brother Philip's got from the Lord. Let's give him a hand as he comes this morning. Thankful for our men of God in this church that will just jump right in wherever they're needed. I appreciate him. God bless you. Why don't we give that praise right back to God in this moment. Lord, you are worthy. I thank you, my God, for your presence. I thank you for showing up in this place today, Lord. God, you have prepared our hearts for exactly the word that you wanted to come forth in this place today, God. I thank you for moving. I thank you for your touch. In Jesus' name, you are worthy to be praised. Amen, church. I am excited to be in the house of God today. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. I'm excited for a, a lot of different reasons. One, because I've never been able to address this congregation from this viewpoint. <laughs> Y'all, that excites me. Woo! Praise the Lord. I give God all the glory, and thank you so much, Pastor, for allowing me to speak today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope to bring honor to this, this platform, to this church, to my God above all, and to my family. Yeah. Amen. Well, I won't keep you standing long, but I do want us to go to Genesis chapter 9, and we will begin with verse 9 and continue through verse number 12. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, Genesis chapter 9. And I behold, I establish my covenant with you and with your seed after you. And with every living creature that is with you, and of the fowl, and of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you, from all that go out of the ark to every beast of the earth. And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. 
And God said, this is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you. Thank God for his covenant. Thank God for his promises. And thank God he has written it all down for me to reference in my time of need, in my struggle, in my situation. I don't have to wonder what God said. I pick up the book and I read it and I encourage myself in his word. Amen. 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 You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. There is such a mighty move of the Holy Ghost in this place today. There is just like static electricity up here today, and I am ecstatic about it. Amen? All right. I want to share a few things with you. I read recently that over $1 billion in gift cards go unspent every year. $1 billion. Think about that. This money has already been spent. All it takes is for the recipient to go and use it. And yet many choose not to. Many forget they have it in their possession, and others simply never get around to using it. The same could be said for God's many, many promises to us. In the Scripture, there are documented over 3,000 promises that God has made to us, but sadly, many of us fail to ever take advantage of them. Russell Kelso Carter, anybody know who that is? Well, let me tell you. He was born in 1849. He was a star athlete of a military academy and an outstanding student academically. He was multi-talented, He was a minister, a musician, and a songwriter, and even earned a medical degree and spent the last of his professional years as a practicing physician. But at age 30, he became critically ill with a heart condition, and the doctors told him that there was nothing that they could do. He was already a Christian, but it was during this health crisis that he came to a new depth in his faith. God's word became more alive to him than ever before. He began to study with a new zeal and intensity the great promises of God set forth throughout the scriptures. And he came to a point where he prayed, Lord, whether you see fit to heal me or not, from now on, my life is fully yours. And I'm going to stand on your promises. At that point, Russell Kelso Carter wrote, standing on the promises. It was several years later that his health became to improve and he lived a full and productive life until he died at the age of 79. God has different paths for each of us, but in a day of uncertainty, if we will study out his promises, we will understand them and rightly apply them, they will forever revolutionize our lives. Amen? So that's what I hope to help us with today. I want to to try to shed a little light on the promises of God. To understand that, we, we must know that there are different types of promises, right? God's promises are either unconditional or conditional. We either get to experience them freely without having to do anything, or God lays out exactly what he would have us to do to be able to experience that. In Genesis chapter 9, verse 11, in the words that God spoke to Noah and his sons after the flood, I will establish my covenant with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by the waters of the flood, nor shall there be any more be a flood to destroy the earth. That is an example of an unconditional promise. An example of a conditional promise is found in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Conditions. Things that we must do. 
Now, there's a distinction of promises. Some of God's promises are to be fulfilled in the future. Some are being fulfilled now, and some have already been fulfilled. An example of a promise relating to the future is in Isaiah chapter 2, verse number 4. And he shall judge among the nations and shall rebuke many people, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. God, through Isaiah, was speaking of the time following the return of Christ. Jesus will set up his millennial kingdom because Jesus said in Matthew 24, 6 and 7, that until he comes again, there will wars and rumors of wars, and said that nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Isaiah 7 and 14 is a promise that has already been fulfilled. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. That promise, of course, was fulfilled in the birth of Jesus Christ. Another example of a promise being fulfilled in our present generation is 2 Timothy 3 and 1. This know also that in the last day perilous times shall come. And this verse which which follows describes sinful attitudes and actions which are a rampart in our day and age. They're rampant. We understand the day that we are living in is laid out right in the Bible. There should be no question as to what is going to happen next because his promises are all right here. Every promise may not feel positive to us, but it is there to enlighten us. So this intention of promises, some of his promises were intended only for specific individuals to whom they were given, such as the promise that God gave to Abraham in Genesis 12 and 2. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. That applied to Abraham and Abraham alone. But many other promises are intended for all people of all generations, such as Revelations 22 and 17. Whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. So what about the reliability of a promise? Everybody believe that we can rely on the promises of God? God's promises are 100% reliable. You can take those to the bank every day of the week. In connection with the dedication of the temple, Solomon spoke these words to the congregation of Israel in 1 Kings 8, 5, or in 56. Blessed be the Lord that thou hast given rest unto his people Israel. There hath not failed any word of all his good promise, which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. That, of course, is not true of man's promises. Some of man's promises are kept, some are not. Sometimes we make promises that we have no intentions of keeping. God, forgive me. Forgive me of that. My humanity can come out at times. I cannot, I don't give things the proper attention that they should have, and I wind up breaking my promises. But that's not so with God. Titus 1 and 2 makes reverence to eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. In reviewing how God kept his promises to Abraham's descendants, Hebrews 6 and 18 says that it was impossible for God to lie. Whenever God speaks at any time on any subject, you can write it down as an absolute. Well-meaning people sometimes make promises and forget, but that never happens with God. Regarding God's deliverance of the Israelites from the Egyptian bondage, we read in Psalms 105, 42 through 43, for he remembered his holy promise. And Abram, his servant, he brought forth his people with joy and his chosen with gladness. God never forgot any promise that he ever made to anyone ever. 
and he never will. Because he is God. All right. I heard a story about a little boy, and this is sort of comical, um, and I understand, maybe controversial, but the story was, was of him walking through the mall at Christmas. He walks up to one of the guys in the red suit with the white beard, and he says to him, Are you a politician? This person said back, Why do you ask? The little boy said, Well, because you promise more than you can ever deliver. So politicians, advertisers, friends, co-workers, and even family members sometimes make promises that are never kept. You and I could not honestly say that we have always kept every promise that we've ever made. But again, that's not the case with God. God is different. In Luke 1 and 37, the angel of the Lord said to Mary, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Whatsoever God says, you can count on it with an absolute certainty. Now, on, as we move on, we need to learn about the purpose of God's promise. In other words, what are those promises meant to accomplish? The answer to that depends on the individual. Some of God's promises are there for warning. In Psalms 9 and 17, it says, The wicked shall be turned into hell and all the nations that forgot God. Others are torn word, wayward believers to get back on track for God. Hebrews 12 and 6 says, For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth, and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. But they're saving promises. A great number of God's promises are designed to lead people to salvation. And many of those promises are pointed and direct. Such a promise is John 3.16, probably the most familiar verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. 1 John 2.25 says, And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. Romans 10 and 13 declares, For whatsoever shall, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There are saving promises. There are also motivational promises. Our promise that God has made and intended to motivate us to right living once we are saved. In 2 Corinthians 7 and 1, Paul writes, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. There's guidance through his promises. Some promises have to do with God's desire to guide his children in their decisions. First, or in Psalms 32 and 8, the Lord says, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we read, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not into thine own understanding, and in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. So we've got warnings, saving, motivating, guiding, but sometimes we need a little comforting. God gives us a promise to comfort us in the time of adversity and pain. Psalm 37 and 3 says that he healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. Psalms 55 and 22, cast thy burden on the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. As I'm comforted, sometimes I need to be lifted out of the mess that I've gotten myself into. All of us at times are cast down and depressed, but God has given us promises to lift us and encourage us. For example, 2 Corinthians 12 and 9, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That in this moment is the one that sticks out to me. My weakness, he's made perfect. In my weakness, in the flesh that I live in, God promises that he can work with that. The eternal God is thy refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Earlier in verse 25, 
in, uh, let me see, 32 and 25, he promises that all thy days, so shall thy strength be. One of the most encouraging promises in the Bible is Romans 8 and 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Psalms 8 and 7, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in time of trouble. Isaiah 41 and 10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, will I help thee, yea, will I uphold thee from the right hand of my righteousness. Someone has said that God's promises are like the stars. The darker the night, the brighter they shine. There was a missionary by the name of Corey, uh, William Carey. He was a British cobbler who lived in 1761. And he would frequently, as he was making shoes, look at the map of the world that he had hanging on his wall. He had an ever-deepening conviction that God was calling him to take the gospel to the people of India. When he told the members of the church that he attended about it, one of the men said, sit down, young man, sit down. If God wants to convert the heathen, he will do it without your help. But Kerry was not to be denied. He saved and scraped and obtained help from others who believed in his call until finally he was able to travel to India. The work was difficult and dangerous, and he experienced one sorrowful setback after another. For the first seven years in India, he had not a single convert. One of the people back home corresponded with him and asked, Mr. Carey, what do you think now of the future of your missionary work in that backward land? Carrie answered, the future is as bright as God's promises. The Lord not only gives us hope for better days ahead of this present life, he also gives us hope for the life to come. And the term hope in the Bible refers not to wishful thinking, but to the confident expectation based on God's assurances. Jesus says to save People. Jesus was sent to save people, and he tells us to do that. In John 14 and 3, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you until myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Over and over and over, the Bible assures us that Jesus is coming again. For the unbeliever, it will be a tragic time. But in 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 through 8 says, And to you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven and his mighty angels, in flaming fire take vengeance on them that know not God, and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power, when he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them that believe, because our testimony among you was believed in that day. For the Christian, Jesus' return will be a time of victory and rejoicing. Titus 2 and 13 speaks of the promise that Jesus is coming again in these terms, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of a great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. What a wonderful promise it is to the believers. And we find it again in Revelations 21 and 4. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow, nor crying, neither shall be, there be any pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, the apostles, John was the inspired author of this verse, write these words are true and faithful. Wow, the promises of God. The promises of God lead me. The promises of God guide me. They give me comfort. They lift me up. 
They say it doesn't matter the circumstances. I am here for you. I have given you your place of reference. I have given you your place of refuge. My God is there for me through his promises. We claim those promises by faith. Amen? Amen. Referring to some of the great heroes of the Old Testament, Hebrews 11 and 33 says, Who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. And the list of what they did goes on for the next several verses. Hebrews 11 and 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. But it's crucial that we understand that this faith God honors and responds to is not just any kind of faith. To obtain results with God, our faith must be placed specifically in Him, in Jesus who shed His blood on the cross in order that all could repent and believe and might receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and everlasting life. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says, For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. There is no hesitation about Jesus. That is him that I must place my faith. He is my God, emphatically and internally. He is my God. It is his presence. It is his promise. Hallelujah. Isaiah 41 and 10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 26 and 3, thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Deuteronomy 31 and 8, and the Lord he It is thou that go before thee. He will be with thee. He will not fail thee, neither forsake thee. Fear not, neither be dismayed. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and shall not faint. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expectant end. Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, and whatsoever things are of good rapport, if there be any virtue and there be any praise, link, think on these things, those things, yet ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do and the God of peace shall be with you. If you would stand with me. God, I thank you for this word today. I thank you for what you're doing in this people. I thank you for your encouragement. I thank you, my Lord. I stand on the promises of you, my King. Through eternal ages, I will sing your praises. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing, standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises that cannot fail when the howling storms of doubt and fear assail. By the living word of God, I shall prevail. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on these promises, I can now see Perfect, present, 
cleansing in the blood for me. Standing in liberty where Christ makes me free. I'm standing on the promises of God. I'm standing on the promises of Christ the Lord. Bound to Him eternally by love's strong cord. Overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword. Standing on the promises of God. Standing on these promises, I cannot fail. Listing every moment in the Spirit's call. Resting in my Savior as my all and all. I am standing on the promises of God. I hope that you take these promises today, that you study on them, that you would allow God to speak through the word that he has placed in your hands and in your hearts. Every day we face new trials. Every day there's something new coming down the pipe and we wonder, what else, God? What now, God? Well, get in his word and you will not have to wonder where you are in this time read every day and not only do you have revelation but you have peace that comes through his promises thank you so much for listening i really do appreciate the honor of being able to be here today give the lord a hand clap in jesus name Oh, well, I tell you, we need to be reminded of those promises. Great preaching, great word. Let's give him another hand. Thank the Lord for his promises. Woo! Get you fired up at 11 o'clock. I tell you. Well, listen, next service, we're going to, uh, at the beginning, during the worship part, uh, we're going to be baptizing someone to... During the actually during the worship part, we're not waiting to the end of service. We're gonna do it a little different. I think it'll work out a little better. And uh, if you hadn't been baptized in Jesus' name, well, there's a promise. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you. If you haven't received the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues, you can receive it today because it's a promise. If you haven't had your sins remitted by going down in the water in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, hey, today it can happen. You just let us know. We'll be ready for it. Brother Philip, thank you again. What a wonderful word. Let's give the Lord a hand clap and a shout of praise. Hallelujah. What a great God. We're thankful. Thankful. So glad to see you here today. Uh, if you're if you're leaving, you can be dismissed today. And uh, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow night at prayer at 7 o'clock. Going to have a great time. Pray for those that are sick and those that are not here. Give them a call. Encourage them in the Lord. We'll see you next time in Jesus' name. God bless you.
Nothing matters more. There's nothing I want more. There's nothing matters more. Nothing matters. 